Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WGR Sports Radio 550. They say, and not a single text refers to deflating footballs. Deflategate. It's really a stake on Commissioner Powers. Deflategate. I think he can appeal it to the U.S. Supreme Court. Deflategate. There's really no reason for the Supreme Court to take this case, and I think there's very little, if any, chance that the Supreme Court would take this case. I think this is basically over. Once it came down yesterday that the court said enough is enough, you're not going to go to the U.S. Supreme Court, you take the four games, because at the end of the day, it's just four games. I would love to play a Brady-less Patriots. If you're giving me the choice of playing the Brady full Patriots or the Brady-less Patriots, as a fan of my team, I'd much rather play the Brady-less Patriots. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Deflate Deflategate is maybe finally coming to an end. Sure seems like it. And finally, thank God. It's been a year and a half too long that this carried on, and now we're finally going to hopefully see this thing come to a close with Brady serving his four-game suspension and taking the bu- er, biting the bullet excuse me, and going on with missing the first four games of the season and of course, the Bills, well, they'll be in Foxborough for week four, the final game of Brady's suspension, where they will take on the Patriots on the road. Brayton Wilson here with you this morning on WGR. 8.05 is the time right now. Derek Kramer running the board here for me this for this morning. My time's off Not, not quite afternoon just yet, buddy. No, not yet, not yet, but I, I can't wait for the afternoon. Should be a beautiful day outside. When, quite frankly, when hasn't it been? It's been very beautiful. I mean, we've, we could use some rain. It's a little dry, but, you know, it's been a beautiful, beautiful you know, summer so far. You know, so the far. grass is, you know, needing some water like how the Patriots footballs needed air. Mm-hmm. Shots fired. <laughs> oh, we're, we're getting our last jokes and cracks in at Deflategate before this is over, so... 8030550 is our number here if you'd like to join in on the show. one 2550 is the number if you're trying to reach us from outside the 716 area code. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to talk right off the bat with some talk of Deflategate with Tom Brady and what this could mean for the Patriots going forward. We're also going to recap some of the events of development camp from the Buffalo Sabres. We'll have Nick Filipowski from WKBW here in Buffalo coming on at 9.30. We'll talk some Deflategate as well with him. And then also we want to talk about the Open Championship. And I got a got an interesting question that I want to bring up um, if you haven't seen it on Twitter already about golf and the Open Championship, uh, you'll hear from it soon. So 803-0550 is our number, one 550 And let's start off here with Deflategate, with Tom Brady. And he has officially dropped his appeal. He's no longer going to proceed with the legal process with the NFL. He's not going to go to the Supreme Court himself. He will sit for four games. It's all but sure that he's going to be out So that means Jimmy Garoppolo 
is going to be starting for the New England Patriots come week one of the season against the Arizona Cardinals. And the Patriots, well, their schedule kind of favors them really early on because besides the the Cardinals game, which is a Sunday night game uh, in Arizona, after that, they go home and play the next three games at home. They face the Dolphins, and then they have a Thursday night game on the 22nd against the Texans, and then they'll play the Bills on October 2nd in Foxborough. But the schedule kind of favors the Patriots a little bit, but with the way that Garoppolo has played, in, and again, I know this is a very, very small sample size for Jimmy Garoppolo with him being drafted in 2014. He hasn't really gotten a lot of snaps, a lot of action in the NFL. However, there has been some tape and there's been some evidence of the way that he can play. And while Garoppolo, I mean, I want to say that Garoppolo has potential. And and the Patriots see that potential in him. There there are some tendencies that he tends to get himself into trouble with when he's you know playing quarterback. I mean sometimes he tends to hold on to the ball way too long. He he waits to make a decision, and I think it really showed in the Bills game a few times. What was it? The last game of 2014. Yes, it was the last game of 2014. But there are some issues with that. It was his rookie season. It was his first game that he ever started. Or not really even started. He came in in relief in that game, technically, too. It's just that a young quarterback will have those issues when they are playing their first ever football game right. in really what was essentially full action. Right. Brady played, what, maybe two drives and he was gone. So, right. But Garoppolo didn't look bad. And that was his first ever taste of NFL action in an extended period of time. Yeah, with Jimmy Garoppolo... Uh, you know, we've we've seen. I last night I did a little bit of a little bit of research. I watched some some film on him from the game where he played against the Bills. I watched uh, some of the film on him. I know it's preseason, but I watched some preseason film of him last year because he only took a few reps last year. He only tried four attempts to for passing. Yeah, and I I saw a few things in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo definitely has some potential to be a good quarterback. Uh, there's no doubt about it. A good backup, at least right now. However, of course, as you just said, it was his rookie season when he did play against the Bills. Uh, and, you know, last year he barely got any time. So, again, the sample size is small. But watching Garoppolo, and, I, and I'm sure that he's probably worked on this, I did see some little things is that he does tend to hold on to the ball too long, especially when he feels like he's pressured and coverage is there he holds on to the ball he starts getting jittery in the pocket he starts you know kind of moving his feet everywhere not not like a Peyton Manning sort of jittery where Peyton Manning would kind of like hop on his feet well, that know. was just Peyton Manning's yeah that's Peyton Manning style but Jimmy Garoppolo he'll start like kind of shuffling his feet a little bit it's really really awkward with the way that he he handles himself in the pocket especially when he's under pressure and when he does I mean, he can escape. He showed in the Bills game that he can get out of the pocket and run with the ball. He, he's much, like he, Tom Brady has been deceptively mobile throughout his years. Right. He doesn't run often. No, no. Garoppolo is more prone to run. He has the athleticism. He knows where he's going, and he knows that he can move to some extent. And he might have to rely on his running game a little bit, especially if the Patriots uh, offensive the line Patriots is leaky. line, you know, has its issues or, you know— and I mean, we'll talk a little bit more, but with with the Bills and their defense game planning against Garoppolo. So uh, 
not only that, but Garoppolo, he he tends. I've seen a few times where when he's throwing, he doesn't like set himself on his back feet and throw off his back foot. He'll tend to throw off his front foot and not be set when he throws the ball, which allows, which gives him some inaccuracies. So he'll throw at the player's feet. He'll overthrow some players. He'll throw behind players, and and a couple of times in the in some of the highlights that I saw, that's that's an issue because. You know he's got guys open. He's got guys that have space, and he's not hitting them accurately. Sort of like what EJ Manuel and a lot of quarterbacks that the Bills have had have been so frustrating in that way. Whereas, you know, they can, you know, they're open. They've got room, but you got to have a quarterback that can throw them the ball so they can catch the ball. And Garoppolo, a few of those times, throwing off his back foot, throwing on the run, throwing off to his, you know, to his offside, trying to throw the ball, and it's not accurate. There, and I there think are some issues that he does need to clean up, but it's also been an entire year since we've seen him, mm-hmm. and like even in preseason action. So we've got to look at this as, you know, he's had an entire year to work with Tom Brady, the quarterback's coaches there, Josh McDaniels. They're probably refining his technique. They're probably going to be really getting something out of this. And the other thing that the Bills have to worry about with Garoppolo is this. He will have played three full games. He will know how the NFL works at that point, how to be a starter in the NFL. He will have gotten a couple of games in, and he may be, strangely enough, at his most comfortable. In week four against the Bills. In in week four against the Bills. Right, and he'll have a full 10-day period to prepare for the Bills after playing the Thursday night game against the Texans on the 22nd of September. So then he'll have a full 10 days to prepare to get ready for the Bills. And I think, and I think, and and one thing, one more thing that I want to bring up yeah. about Garoppolo's game is that another thing that I really notice is he feels more comfortable in the short game, like quick, quick routes, quick passes, you know, which is exactly screens. New England's, and offense. that's that's New England's offense. They've been doing that for a while. They've and Tom Brady has been doing it, but Tom Brady, I mean, he's also shown, especially last season against the Bills, that he can get rid of the ball quickly. He can throw the ball with precision, you know, precision accuracy. And Garoppolo doesn't have that quite yet. Will he have it week four against the Bills? I mean, I think that this is going to be a real test for Garoppolo to see, you know, to give the Patriots an inkling of where he wants to go for or where he's going to go with the organization. But right now, we, I mean, Garoppolo is a huge unknown. But the one thing that I do want to say is that with the Bills, Rob Ryan specifically came into this organization as a defensive, sort of a defensive specialist coach. A consultant, more or exactly. less. Exactly. So, first off, that idea never really has made me comfortable. Right, but but here's what I'm going to say about, about the whole Rob Ryan situation. Is, if he's brought in for this specific reason, to game plan for one thing in the in, in a game per week, what should he do? And, that, and then I'm going to open up the phone lines here for you folks if you want to join in. What should the Bills do to game plan? Should they take away Garoppolo's options, whether it's Gronk, whether it's Hogan, Edelman, Amendola, or do they just blitz the heck out of Jimmy Garoppolo? Because it's shown in tapes that when he faces pressure, he's more likely to make mistakes. He's more likely to get uncomfortable. When you make Garoppolo uncomfortable, and again, it's a small sample size, but it's shown that he does not perform that well under pressure. So 
What should the Bills do? Should they go after Garoppolo hard? Should they blitz him every snap, every other snap? Should they keep him on his heels the entire game? Or do they sit back, take away his options, and then force him to run and try and incorporate the run game, make the run game a factor in Week 4's matchup? 803-0550 is the number one triple eight five fifty two five fifty. And what I'll say is that if I'm Rob Ryan, i got to figure out every way for the Bills to get to Jimmy Garoppolo and blitz him, blitz him like crazy. Because I'm watching this tape, and I'm seeing how uncomfortable he looks when he's facing pressure, when the blitz is coming. I see a kid that, like, and again, week four might be different, but I'm seeing a kid right now that doesn't handle pressure very well, doesn't handle the blitz very well. If, if the pocket starts collapsing on him, he, he doesn't react well. And I think that's what the Bills should maybe try to focus on here going into this Week 4 matchup. And, I, and again, I know that it's months away. We're still months away. But I'm looking at this already as this kid, he hasn't done really anything much in the NFL, but from a small sample size. And, I mean, again, he was playing preseason mostly against second, third rep guys. And he's still facing pressure and not performing that well. Just imagine when he comes into the game against the Bills. And I mean, yeah, the Bills defense last year, they were a they were they blundered the season mostly you know, they went from being one of the top defenses falling all the way to nineteenth in the in the rankings. But still, there's still some really good pass rushers in this on this team. You yeah. know, you still got a guy like Kyle Williams, you still got Marcel Darius there. These are guys that can still get to the quarterback. I mean, you've even got a couple of rookies. Shaq Law- I mean, I know Shaq Lawson won't be back by then. He might be back for Week 8, though, if I'm not mistaken. He might yes. be ready to go Week 8 against he, the he Patriots He should be back here. Week 8. Now, here's the thing with Buffalo. You mentioned how do you defend Jimmy Garoppolo here. The Bills' defense and Rex Ryan's calling card is exactly how you ruffle a young kid's feathers. Rex Ryan is about press man coverage, and he is about getting to the quarterback. Not sacking the quarterback, getting to the quarterback. Buffalo has the tools on the outside to do this press man coverage. Stephon Gilmore, he is, as much as callers and and the general public seem to be on Gilmore, he is one of the better press man corners in the game. And sometimes when you're playing press man, you're going to get burned. That's just the nature of the beast. That's why it's so respectable to see a press man corner, like a Darrell Rivas. Right. Also, Buffalo likes to send the blitz at any point under Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan's calling card is sending someone at least one extra blitzer every play. He wants to rely on his secondary. Gilmore and Ronald Darby and Nikel Roby in the slot, they're going to be up on the line, and if you look at November 23rd against the Patriots last season, they held Tom Brady's Patriots to 20 points with Rob Gronkowski in the lineup. Julian Edelman was out, but you have to look at that game, you have to look at that tape, with Rex Ryan's defense finally getting a little comfortable. And that was with a roster that was built for a 4-3. Right. They retooled this roster. Right. They're going to be a little more effective here. The downside is, I think Garoppolo will face his best defensive matchup in Week 1 against Arizona. Yeah, because Arizona's, you know, they're they're a better-ranked defense than we were. And I honestly feel like that with the way that our defense played last year, people should feel not confident in our defense, not confident in the way that we played. But then again, we've heard it from guys like Marcel Darius and a few others on the defense in offseason talks. 
it was growing pains. The Bills experienced a lot of growing pains. And that might be something to consider, is that when the Bills last year were just starting to play out, they played the Patriots week two of the season last year in Buffalo, and then they played them on Monday Night Football in November. I mean, it was just... uh, it was just one of those things that, you know, the defense never really grew into, you know, the system until really later on in the season. And, I mean, we know we saw this going into the way that the Bills progressed. Week two of the year, Brady ripped the Bills. He went, you know, he threw 59 times in that game. And an interesting fact from that game is that Brady gets rid of the ball quick. How quick? 43 of his 59 attempts were under were 2.2 seconds or less. That's from taking the snap and getting rid of the ball. In 2.20 seconds or less, Brady got rid of the ball and the short game. And he was averaging 8.4 yards in attempt and 66 complete percentage in completion. That's, you know, Tom Brady ate the Bills defense alive last year in week two of the season against the Bills. Week eight, or excuse me, Bills week 11. Rex Rex Ryan, I think he did a better job of game planning for the game against the Patriots in New England for Monday night, and he frustrated Brady. You can obviously tell Brady was frustrated after that game. Granted, Patriots still won 20-13, but Brady only threw for 45% of completion. Yeah, that's, that's, that's generating positive pressure. That was when the Patriots line was finally starting to feel some of those injuries. Right. Buffalo was getting to him, hitting him, not getting flagged for hitting him. Right. They were playing smart defense. That's that's another thing I didn't bring up. The Bills' defense, they also have to stay disciplined. Jerry Hughes, you can't take penalties. Nobody else can take penalties. Of course, there'll probably be one or two calls, sort of like Nikel Roby's call last year against Jacksonville. Let's, that went against not, the Bills. Let's not. Talk I know. About let's that not one. re. Let's not bring that back up because that was a game that the Bills should have won. They didn't win. But it's not just Nikel Roby's play in the fourth quarter. It was EJ Manuel in the second quarter, yes. turning the ball over. What was it? Three straight times. Well, let's get back to the let's get back to the Patriots thing. Right. And the other issue here is that New England's mo is the short passing game. It is quick slants, quick routes. That's why they signed Chris Hogan away from us. Right. And now, though, you have to look out for another in- another weapon here. Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett is not what they thought Scott Ch- Chandler would have been for them. Martellus Bennett is better. He's probably sneaky good. Like He's probably, I'd say, in the top half of tight ends in the NFL, and now he's next to Rob Gronkowski. I think they're going to try to replicate that Aaron Hernandez-Gronkowski attack from a couple years back we got a call here from dennis in buffalo dennis go ahead you're on the air and greetings greetings watch the play in college and his strength was you know, really running the ball he was quite awesome decided to throw from the quarterback position and he would throw the short passes over the middle but he wasn't great at the deep pass my suggestion to uh, uh the ryans is that they uh, every play disguise to giving Bellapio a chance to throw deep. So we can camouflage our coverage, and the only opportunity Bellapio has is throw deep. Well, that will give our linebackers a chance to penetrate the line of scrimmage with our great defensive uh, front four to go after, and, and Bellapio will get, get frustrated, and he'll have to choose and run. Then we'll be able to 
uh, uh, tackling him behind the line of scrimmage will will, will suffocate him. That's my uh, suggestion that the Bills' defense camouflage their looks a lot, but the only choices he has is to throw deep. All right, Dennis. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the call. That's a good point. Is and and I completely agree with this point. There's so many things that the Bills could do to game plan and get ready for Garoppolo. That's one thing that I did notice is that Garoppolo on his deep ball isn't really great. I mean, he's got a really nice arc to his ball. Like, he can get the ball out there, but he's got to be able to hit his wide receivers with accuracy. And there were often times when I'm watching this film, seeing Garoppolo, I mean, again, he's throwing off his front foot. He's not setting himself, making a good throw. He's kind of arcing it. And, I mean, again, it's got good distance, but... He's not hitting his he's not hitting his wide receivers consistently, and I think that would be a good way to prep. Is you know force him to try and throw the deep balls, take away the short game, and then and then see what he can do there, and that might allow the Bills to get to the quarterback and make more of an effort to get to Garoppolo, pressure him, sack him, do whatever they can. I like that point from Dennis. Thank you. 803-0550 is the number here. one 550 I also want to bring up something with, with the way that the Patriots' schedule goes. So they play the Cardinals week one, September 11th. It's a Sunday night football game. And probably their toughest Arizona. defensive matchup that you're, the Patriots yes. are going to face. Yeah. And then you face the Dolphins, who I think... I think both of us can agree the Dolphins could be better, but their their secondary is not. Yeah, they're not that great on defense. And then you and then Thursday night football on the twenty second. So they play the eighteenth Sunday, the eighteenth, and then Thursday the twenty second they play the Texans at home. Of course, their defense is tough. I mean, they've got the tough front four with you know JJ Watt there, of course, and Vince Wolfirk is another one that's a tough guy to contend with. And then you face the Bills 10 days later at home. And, on, and I mean, I think that the Texans were ranked higher than the Bills last year in defense. But both teams, they have some good defensive weapons. So, I mean, besides the Dolphins week two, it's not going to be that easy for Garoppolo, especially if, you know, it's not going to be that. It's going to be hard for Garoppolo. What I'm trying to say here is, is that with if the Patriots can somehow win three, maybe even four of these games. What kind of credit does a guy like Bill Belichick deserve? Because Bill Belichick most likely is going to have to be the one to properly game plan everything going into each of these games because if Garoppolo can't do it, he's got to find other ways to find to find his targets, whether it's the run game, whether it's the pass game, or whether it's just playing solid defense to not allow a lot of scoring. So, I don't know, you can win with maybe a touchdown or two and a couple of field goals. I mean, you gotta I mean, if if the Patriots can come away in the four weeks that Brady will not play with three or four wins, I think Bill Belichick deserves a huge amount of credit because I don't think he gets enough credit. I think that the Patriots always have been like, a, oh, this is Tom Brady's team. He's the one that really helps them out. And I understand that Belichick is more it of a It depends on the region right, where he gets credit or right. not. And he's and Belichick is, you know, I think, and I mean, we all know Belichick for the reasons that, you know, we don't like him because he's been with the Patriots. He's he's done, he's beat us every single time. Also in Super Bowl 25, he was what, the defensive coordinator, coordinator for, the, for Giants. the Giants. And <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, he's enemy, he's pretty much enemy number one here, maybe two, but I, I don't, I don't know how to gauge that. I'd say how do you one. gauge 
Who's the bigger enemy? Is Brady the bigger enemy here, or is Belichick the bigger enemy here? I'd, I'd say, say Belichick. I'd say it's Belichick because he went 10-6 with Matt Castle, and yeah. over the years, we've seen how much of that is a real accomplishment. Right, but I mean, Matt Castle, when he played that one season after Brady was hurt, Matt Castle was trying to play to prove something. He wanted a, he wanted a starting role. So, I mean, and I understand that Jimmy Garoppolo is, is a young kid, and, and I mean, he's only in his third season, but Jimmy Garoppolo... Man, he's I don't think he's like a Matt Castle was back in back when Matt Castle played. Because Castle was obviously trying to play for a starting role, and then what was it, a year or two later he gets traded and gets a starting role at the Chiefs? Am I right with that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, Garoppolo's a spring chicken, a young spring chicken really, really wanting to set his mark in this game. But early on, I have not seen that much from Garoppolo to really be persuaded enough to say, I think Garoppolo could win three or four games. So if Garoppolo plays miraculously good in the four weeks that Brady's not there, then you can give him credit. But I think the credit is more of going towards Belichick with the way he's game planning for the four weeks coming up. 803-0550 is our number one, 888 if you want to reach us outside of the 716 area code. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to continue some of the Bills talk that we have here. We're also going to get into Sabres development camp. Alex Nylander signed his entry-level contract last night. Also, the Sabres re-signing Marcus Foligno. And then we're also going to talk some Open Championship golf in Scotland right now going on. Jason Day uh, was having a quite a nice day, except he bogeyed his 10th hole, and he just parred the 11th. So when we come back, we'll talk all that and more right here on WGR. So Bison fans have succeeded. They have kept Tom Brady suspended. Ben Wagner, Bison's play-by-play man, and Brady uh, Brayton is so ecstatic he knocked the mic off. Well, this <laughs> happens all the time here in the studio. So, yeah, but Ben Wagner, he uh, he made the uh, comment stemming from the keep Brady suspended night that the Bison's held. God, what was it? A month and a half ago? Yeah, it was it was a while back. I wish I would have been able to uh, to go to that game, but unfortunately, I think I had to work that night here. But uh, I heard that was a fun night. Oh yes, it was it was fantastic. <laughs> As I'm trying to fix this on the fly here, I think yes. I got it now. So, but yeah, I, I think that you know, we we did it. We finally did it. We kept Brady suspended. Good work, everyone. Good work at the Bison's PR department, who were immediately trolling the Pawtucket Red Sox when they were trying to do a free Brady night. And the Bison said, you know what? We've got one better than that. And I think they they definitely made a better night out of that than Pawtucket could ever do. But, yes, Brady is going to be – is going to serve his suspension. Four games, and he'll miss matchups with the Cardinals week one, the Dolphins week two, the Texans week three, and, of course, the Buffalo Bills week for last segment, we kind of talked about what the Bills might want to do to game plan for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's only played a handful of snaps in the NFL, who's, you know, only thrown for, I don't know, what, like three, maybe, maybe a hundred and some odd yards, something like that. I, I think, I mean, I think he's thrown for, for more, but, but the, po- the point is, it is was that 182, yards. 182 yards. Thank you, Derek. Jimmy Garoppolo has not had much experience, so. How should the Ryan brothers game plan for Ryan, for Garoppolo? 
do they take away all of his options uh, by in the short game and force him to throw the long ball like Dennis called in and suggested, and then also get to the quarterback with the linebackers, whether it's you know Preston Brown or Reggie Ragland, maybe? Um, honestly, we'll I wouldn't look at the inside guys. I would look at, here's Manny Lawson. Yeah, and Manny Jerry Lawson Hughes, well. the guys that are Jerry. on the edge. Yeah, those two are going to be guys that you're really going to prominently see rushing the passer here. Also, Marcel Darius from the inside. Uh, and like I said earlier, this is Rex Ryan's calling card. Exactly this: press coverage, gets to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know they or and I mean with that point, they could either do that or you know just rush everyone, just get to him because when he is pressured. He gets jittery. He gets, you know, he gets out. He gets uncomfortable in the pocket, and then you can either force him to run or force him to make these plays that, you know, he might not be able to make in the NFL. He might not be able to get done. But eight hundred three hundred five fifty is our number here. One triple eight five fifty two five fifty. If you're trying to reach us from outside of Buffalo. But again, with with Garoppolo, he does have the tendency to hold on to the ball. He's no he's no Tom Brady. Tom Brady again, he he averaged last year. I'm trying to find this article here for here we go. Last year, the fastest release on average for a quarterback in the entire league, Andy Dalton was number 1 with 2.20 seconds to get the ball from the snap to throwing the ball. That's that's how you kind of determine that stat and you time it out and you average it out. Tom Brady was number two. 2.26 seconds it took him to take the snap and release the ball before, you know, facing a sack or getting pressured or anything like that. And and the difference between Dalton and Brady, I, I would say in this is more or less, Andy Dalton had an A.J. Green to lob the football right. to. Right, exactly. Both of them had great tight ends, but Green, had, Green was Dalton's nice little play toy. And that's a great point to make because the Patriots really don't have – an Adrian Green receiver. They don't have a Sammy Watkins receiver. They've got these they've got these little quick guys in Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, and Julian Edelman. But that but then again, you got a guy like Gronk who's just big and you know when he gets the ball, he can plow guys over, but still the fact is is that you if you're tight ends have take a guy, time to run their routes. Right, exactly. And I mean Jimmy Garoppolo's no Tom Brady. Tom Brady can get the ball, release it and throw it with with really good accuracy. Garoppolo hasn't shown that he can do that yet. Maybe he can do that week four, but again, the sample size is so small, and it's tough to make this argument because it is so small. But seeing what I've seen from him, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to me like Jimmy Garoppolo can do what Tom Brady can do, which makes me more optimistic that the Bills could be able to make a really nice game plan for Garoppolo, take away his options, pressure the crap out of him, and force him to make some really, really tough plays. Let's go to Mike here on WGR. Mike, you're on. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. There's one way to get to the quarterback. It's tried and proven. You hit the quarterback pressure early, get him off his game, get him rattled so he can't think straight. Garoppolo's going to go in there knowing that Belichick's system works, quick passes, you get to the quarterback where he's second-guessing himself and he's looking over his shoulder, he's going to take longer to throw, and that's when you can get to him. 
All right, Mike, thank you. Thank you for the call and appreciate your input there. And, and that's sort of what I've been trying to say. It's Rex Ryan's calling card. You just And, yeah, exactly. Rex Ryan has done this for years with the Jets, with the Ravens. And last year, of course, he tried to do it with the Bills. Didn't really work out. But, again, and growing pains. Against the Patriots the second time around, that was the system that was being implemented. Getting to the quarterback, hitting him. Brady was not comfortable in that game, as Mike had mentioned. No quarterback likes to get hit. No one does. Even the guys like Brady. If you got guys getting hit, they get rattled. And we saw that week 11 against the Bills. The Bills got to Brady. They were hitting him. They were pushing him. They were getting in his passing lanes, and it made him frustrated. Yet the Patriots still won, but they only won 20 to 13, not 40 to 32. Now, wouldn't it be messed up, though, if the following thing happened? Say they go 3-0 and here against Arizona, Miami, Houston. I don't see that happening, but go on. If this happens, like, yes, people are going to credit Bill Belichick here, but what if Garoppolo's the one that's actually making it happen? Like, what if he did take that step? Like and, he became and, Tom Brady. And what if he Tom Brady's Tom Brady? Because, um, as you know, Drew Bledsoe was injured in the playoffs the year that they went to the Super Bowl against the Rams. Right. Tom Brady took over and then took the job. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be. Is I'm not saying that Tom Brady is going to get benched, but I'm saying how messed up would it be? Oh, if, of course, it would if be the Patriots up. go four and zero, and they think, okay, Garoppolo's the guy of the future. Let's just roll with it. Whatever. I I don't think that would happen. That would never happen. But the it would chances be so of that messed happening up. are probably less than one percent. And if, then the sick, even twisted if Garoppolo fate. throws for three hundred yards each game, four touchdowns each game, and goes four and zero and helps the Patriots to get to that mark. I highly, highly doubt that. After that, you're still say, only getting oh, a strong maybe. Let's keep, let's keep rolling with Garoppolo and let's <laughs> let's have Brady there just in case. It's not going to be a Matt Murray situation with Mark Andre Fleury in Pittsburgh when they went to the Stanley Cup playoffs and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. like Matt Murray at the time was playing considerably better than anyone on that team. Fleury was playing well, but he was hurt. He had concussion symptoms, and Matt Murray came comes in. He plays better than Jeff Zatkoff, and he took the reins. And when Fleury came back, they saw that and are just like, no, we got to let Murray keep playing because he's playing well. And they showed it in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals against Tampa. They took Murray out, put in Fleury, and they lost. And then yep. they put Murray back in, and they go on to win the Stanley Cup in in. They beat it's, Tampa Bay in seven games, then they went on to beat San Jose in six. But It would just be so weird to see the Bills trade for Tom Brady years after they traded for Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> uh, that's the sick, twisted fate that I'm thinking of as a Bills fan here. That's that's highly optimistic for your for your thinking there. I <laughs> the Patriots are not going to trade Tom Brady. Like, I mean, unless unless he really wants to go win a Super Bowl and he doesn't but, think he can win it with New England, which I don't um, see why yeah, he wouldn't no. think that. No, Brady's not going anywhere. He's yeah. probably going it's to retire just, as a It's Patriot. just this sick, twisted thing that it's just like, if Garoppolo throws 300 yards in four straight games, it's just like, you still only get a soft maybe on on that ever happening. Right. So, right. It's just, it would just be hilarious to think about. Just a dark, twisted fate in the NFL where, hey, guess what? We got a quarterback again, and we're going to rule the world forever. I I just... I can't see that <laughs> happening whatsoever, Derek. I think you're I think you're high on something and whatever you are high on, I kind of want because 
if Tom Brady ever came to the Bills, I think that people <laughs> would say, let bygones be bygones and just win us a Super Bowl, Tom. Or just, in fact, just get us to the playoffs. And that's one thing that I want to bring up. I know that people are going to say, well, I want Tom Brady to play because I want to beat him in his own game. Yeah, but you're going to not have him week one, week four against Buffalo in New England, which is going to be somewhat of an advantage for you because Brady's been beating you for so many years, and then all of a sudden you don't have him for week four on the road. That helps. And then let's say the Bills win week four. They come here week eight, I think it is, week yes. eight right before the Monday night football week against the Seahawks, and then they come in. Let's say the Bills win that game. You beat the Patriots twice. You had that upper hand on the Patriots now in the division. Here's the That's downside. Huge. Here's the downside to this. Buffalo has played New England better over the years in New England. At home, they have been, quite frankly, abysmal. And it's I been, can't I can't argue that. And it's not even been close in most games. So I'm not I'm not gonna go ahead and say that this is an advantage or a disadvantage because of the fact that Quite frankly, it's just I don't see them beating Brady, whether it's here, there, anywhere. It'll be difficult, I, but for it sure. helps to get a season split on the Patriots, right? But but hey, what? Let's say the Bills do beat New England Week Four. Let's say that they come into Week Eight of the season. I don't know, five and three. I'm being optimistic. I'm probably being way too optimistic. Yes, you five are. and three. I don't know. I'm looking at their schedule. Ravens, I think they can beat the Ravens. I I think they can easily beat the Ravens. They can beat the Jets. Cardinals, that'll be a tough one. I'd give that a loss. Patriots week four, let's let's say they win. So they're three and one. one. They go to Los Angeles. I think they They can can win. win That's a winnable game. That's five and one. The 49ers. Okay. I I see where you're going here. Six and one. Then they go to Miami. Like, I mean, they're not they're not going seven and one. Swing week for the Bills. (laughs) Because even if they go into this game 2-1, and one, if they win, that could just shoot them off on a rocket going uphill for the rest of the season. And then if they lose and are 2-2, two and two, then it's like, okay, it's not that bad. I mean, we can still, we can still win a few games here and there. But did, I mean, did we just draw up 7-1 Buffalo Bills, by the way? I'm not. I'm not making this huge <laughs> radical thing, saying the Bills are going to go 12 and four this year. I'm never going to do that because I know. I but know this. I'm team. just. I'm just pausing to say, did we just do that? Yes, we just did that. And if you want to call and give us flack for it, eight hundred three oh five fifty. By the way, I just want to make one more point before we hit the break and then move on from this subject. Is let's say Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt week. I don't know week two, week three. Guess who their quarterback is? Their third-string quarterback. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, the rookie out of North Carolina State. That would be and a guy who something. I, and a guy who I questioned as to why they took him there. But then Cleveland won up him and take, taking Cody Kessler two picks later. Yeah, that, that was uh, a little bit I digress on that point. But, you know, Jacoby Brissett. Let's say Garoppolo somehow, I mean, I hope this never happens, but, you know, somehow gets hurt, whatever the case. Jacoby Brissett would be the third string quarterback, unless they signed somebody during training camp or something, brought them in to help back up. They might they might have a camp arm here. They might do that. They might do Maybe that. Maybe Brady's the camp arm. No. Uh oh, it, it's a guy it's a guy named Ron Haiti. Ron Haiti's the third string quarterback for the Patriots going into camp. All right, we gotta take a break, but when we come back, I want to touch base. I want to update everybody here a little bit on what the Sabres did uh over the past couple of days. And I also want to get into talking about the Open Championship and bring up a topic that I think has been brought up a lot, but I want to take it into a different direction. So when we come back here, we'll talk that right here on WGR.
All right, back here on WGR Sports Radio 550-853 is the time. Let's get you caught up a little bit on some of the things that have happened over the past few days here. Let's start first off with football. We'll continue with football, and then we'll talk a little bit about a hockey. Uh, the Bills, they're going to be without Carlos Williams for the first four games of the season. He was suspended yesterday for violating the league's substance abuse policy. There hasn't any, been anything else besides that, just saying he's violated it. Uh, no reasons why, Super. but I, I mean, the bills now they'll have a, they'll have a little bit of a hole for running back. I know that Jason lock on said yesterday, he wouldn't be surprised if the bills talked to Reggie Bush. Okay. Because Ready? Carlos Williams, let me, let me address that report real quick. That, 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 that okay. Not even report speculation. Mm-hmm. You could have just inserted running back here. Right. Yeah. Insert name here and just fill it in. You know what would have really gotten the attention of everyone? If, Lock and Forrest speculated that they would have tried to bring back Fred Jackson. Or sign a guy like Ray Rice. <laughs> that would have got the people stirred. That would have been that would have gotten people riled up more than yeah. perked up. Yeah. It would have been more Reggie like, Bush, everyone no. goes Reggie Bush, everyone goes, Oh, I don't want CJ Spiller. Well, I mean and older CJ Spiller. Yeah, Reggie Bush is an older CJ Spiller, but I mean he's had some success in the NFL. I mean, it's not like he's been terrible like cj spiller was never terrible it was just like you know they they weren't as great as they were originally expected to be yeah and that's what happened so now the bills of they course also they also could... have they also have jonathan williams get a dwi on thursday night yeah they're, they're anticipating that he might be suspended for two games yeah so so if the bills don't have carlos uh, they won't have carlos williams and then if they don't have jonathan williams your running backs are Lashawn Mike... mccoy LaShawn McCoy, then Mike Gillisley, who filled Mike, in very admirably at the I end of last like season. I like Mike Gillisley. He's he's quick. I mean, like when I first saw him coming to the game, like the first game he played against was what Houston? I think it was the Houston game. He yeah, first it was the Houston game. And he ran for that like thirty-five yard run right off the bat, and it's just like, huh? He was uh, you know, we just signed him. He, he was, was a free undrafted agent. free okay. agent, and watching All him right. in Florida, he was. As advertised in Florida, if not, he looked better in Florida. He also did have a short stint with Miami, although wasn't anything spectacular. He, Thanks, Dolphins, he for continuing for 20, to give us your he stuff. He rushed for 21 yards in Miami and then comes to Buffalo and rushes for 267 rushes yards. Rushes for more on in, one carry. Yeah, which is incredible. But, yeah, Mike Gillisley will most likely be the second string running back, and then James Wilder Jr. will be the third string running back. And James Wilder Jr. was a guy that a lot of people raised questions as to why he declared early a couple of years back. He ended up actually going undrafted, and people were surprised. They expected that he was going to stay at FSU, Florida State, for another year, but he's a power back. He is a smaller version of Carlos Williams, and Wilder should have some success in power situations for the Bills because right now he's the best that they got in power situations, at least for four games. Yeah, and... I'm I'm okay with McCoy and Gillisley being the one two. Wilder, I don't know much about, so I don't know how I feel about him right now. If he can be a viable three four guy, okay, I'm fine with that. Um, but you know, maybe it would be nice to bring in another guy, especially if they're going to have William both injuries Williams do happen at running back as well. Yes. So you should expect someone yeah, to get signed exactly. So, but it's going to be beneficial for Wilder to get more reps in training camp because of the suspension. So, for everybody listening out there, if you want to bring up this topic, who should the Bills have for their running back core? It would probably be McCoy, Gillisley, 
James Wilder, and blank. Insert your name there. 803-0550 is our number one, 888-550-2550. Uh, and is it is a guy like Reggie Bush? Are you interested in bringing a guy like Reggie Bush in? Um, I mean, Derek, you mentioned Fred Jackson. I mean, maybe. I, I, no, I don't I, see that happening. I don't see that happening, seeing as how or, the or way that you, Whaley did it. Or do you believe that the Bills are just fine where they are with Gillis Lee, McCoy, and Wilder right now and just pray that nobody gets hurt for the first two four games, first two to four games of the season? I mean, it's a possibility. Uh, real quickly, I want to touch base with a couple of hockey notes because we're going to talk hockey later on at 9.30 with Nick Filipowski from WKBW about development camp and some of the other things that um, happen. Alex Nylander signs his entry-level contract yesterday, so he's got a plethora of options of where to go. He can either play in the NHL right off the bat, which personally I don't think is the, the best option. Maybe he gets his nine games, but then he should go either to the American Hockey League with the Amherst. He's eligible for that. He's also eligible to go back to the Ontario Hockey League and play with the Mississauga Steelheads, where he was Rookie of the Year in the OHL last year, and, of course, the Canadian Hockey League as a, as a whole. He was the Rookie of the Year there. Um, while that might not be a good thing for him skill-wise, uh, it's just more experience on the the smaller ice ranks of North America. Maybe he gets a little... Maybe he plays a little more physical game. We'll see what that where that goes. And then also... Uh, he can go back to Sweden as well. But Marcus Foligno, he also re-signs with the Sabres, a one-year deal, signs for $2.25 million. So the Sabres now with uh, with a, not an issue with cap space, but, I mean, they're they're a little tight on the caps. So. And they also have Gergensons. They have Ristolainen to re-sign. They also have to sign Jimmy Vesey and maybe another depth player that you can insert on the third, fourth line that could help out. Uh, we'll see where that goes with the Sabres. But, uh, and then there was also some rumblings that they re-signed Dan Catanacci to a deal. Uh, General Fanager had that cap hit reported, but there wasn't anything from the Sabres that came out. So uh, at this point, we can only take it really as a report. And so, uh, To be but, fair, they took their time on Kyle Poso. Yeah, to officially, to officially say it, yeah. But, you know... I mean, it was it was a it was a pretty much a done deal. Everybody was reporting it at that time. But Catanacci, the only report that's come out is from, I think it was Cap Friendly or General Manager. I don't remember which one of the two, but one of those salary cap websites. So eight oh three oh five fifty is the number one triple eight five fifty two five fifty. We're running, we're running, <laughs> we're running up to the break, and I know that I'm really really late. But when we come back, we're going to talk some Open Championship going on in Scotland right now. Phil Mickelson, the leader. We'll touch base with that. I want to bring up an interesting discussion. Then at 9.30, of course, Nick Filipowski, WKBW, joins us to talk Sabres development camp and more right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.